It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpell.com and also on podcast on Apple Podcasts. And today is April the 5th, 2020. And it's been about five weeks since we've had a live show. Um, This was planned to have some time off because we were going to do a show at South by Southwest and then I was going to be in New York for a little while and we were um, changing how we were going to do the show. So this was planned. Um, But a lot has changed in the world since I've been on the air live. So... This evening's program, we're going to do uh, just a shorter show, a briefer show, and it's just going to be me talking. And I, I just want to check in with everyone, um, see how you're doing, and and give you some tips on dealing with the stress of what's happening in the world and talk about a few other related topics, um, listening to professionals, and how do we want to come out of this on the other side? Um, we have a chance now to sort of recreate the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, pretty surreal. And um, But we're here, and we're here in Austin, Texas, and looking out the window here from sheltering in place at home, um, it looks it's beautiful outside and the birds are singing and the rabbits are jumping and the flowers are growing and the trees are green. So life is going on. It's just a little different right now and everybody is sheltering at home. And so we're coming to you from home as well. And, um, and Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment is joining us, the producer of the program, to make sure the show runs at smooth as usual. So throughout this evening's program, we will still have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me, um, feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 85720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I'll read them on the air. And my email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can also hear this evening's program again after the program airs by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight. Um, Actually, if you go to the website five minutes after this ends, that link that says live stream will be the podcast. And you can also go directly to blog talk radio, B-L-O-G talk radio.com slash your golden years. And you can also listen on Apple podcasts and you can get the link to that by going to my website and looking for the post about this program. And um, if you want any information about previous programs or listen to previous programs, you can go to my website, drmaricarpel.com, and you can also go to blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenyears. And by the way, even though we just started on Apple Podcasts, you can hear all of our programs dating back to 2014 um, at Apple Podcasts. And to find out about future programs and um, other events that are coming up, go to my web, my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City, and I practice here in Austin, Texas. 
And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers. And for the past few years, I've also been evaluating veterans for service-connected conditions. And if you want to contact me with a question or if you have any information that you think I should know about, you can send me an email to Dr. Mara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com, or you can go through my website, also drmarakarpel.com, and you can click on Contact. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512 7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E at com, and his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, so we're going to take a brief break. We're going to play some of our sponsors' commercials, uh, but don't go anywhere. It'll be very brief. And then um, when we come back, I have some things I'd like to talk about with you. All right. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years. Specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia, Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And so let me just start off with a little bit of news, um, some things that you might be interested in listening to or watching while you are sheltering at home. Um, Well, first of all, let me... um, state the obvious, we didn't do that show at South by Southwest. (laughs) So this all happens like right before we were about to do it. So stay tuned for more news about that. We are going to at some point do a show. Um, So now I did do an interview on um, the Austin PBS the, uh, their online station called Decibel, um, and I was interviewed by Judy Maggio about how to um, deal with the anxiety of this pandemic and everything that's going on right now, and 
um, how to stay calm so that we don't um, lower our immune system. So you, that's a visual show, so you can watch that by going to Decibel on uh, Facebook. So on Facebook, look for Decibel, and you can find that interview, or you can just go to my website, drmaricarpel.com, and it's right there on um, it's on my radio show page, and it's also on my speaking page. And I've also been interviewed for another visual um, show by um, – Kathy Sparrow, that has not aired yet, so I don't have the link yet, but I will be um, posting that on my Facebook page and on my website. And that one was about um, using this time that we have to learn from it and to um, figure out how to follow our dreams and our passion and how to sort of square all of that. So, um, you might want to check that out. And then I was also interviewed by Robert McPhee for his podcast, Excellent, De- Excellent Decisions Wisdom Series. And that also has not aired yet. But when it does this week, I will be posting the link to that. So you might want to listen. Um, you know, you have the time now, so it might be something interesting for you. I've also... Uh, written a few blogs since the last time I was on, and um, those are about how to how to calm our anxiety, and also um, a few a couple of other related topics. And again, you can find those on my website, and those those are on thriveglobal.com, on savannaeast and also on Medium, but the best place to find them is right there on my website. Okay, so I want to start off sort of by asking you how you're all doing. I want to check in with you. Um, We're living a very strange moment together, and um, the one thing that has really helped me in dealing with this is kind of strange, but just knowing that we're all in this together, we're all in the same boat, um, it kind of helps because you don't feel, even though we're um, somewhat alone, especially if you live alone and you're um, social distancing in your own house or apartment by yourself, or you're just, you're with your family that you see every day, but you can't get out and see your friends. but our interconnectedness is more obvious than ever in spite of not being able to physically connect with people because, um, I mean, think about it. Um, someone got sick in China and it's spread all over the world. Um, if that doesn't show how we are all connected, I don't know what else would. Um, but there is a you know, as awful as that sounds, there is a really beautiful side to that, that we are all connected. Um, What I do, what you do in our decisions about taking care of our own health has a tremendous impact on our community and even the world. So, making the decision to stay in your own home rather than going out and just being around people or traveling when you don't need to or breathing in someone's face, um, those sorts of things make a difference. Um, It sounds kind of strange, but by staying home and watching TV, (laughs) we're actually doing something really wonderful for the world. We're helping to stop the spread. We're helping to flatten the curve. Um, they tell us that, um, that, you know, I had never heard of flattening the curve before, but now this is a phrase I hear all the time, and everybody's going to learn soon, um, if you haven't learned it already, what that means. So flattening the curve is um, 
slowing down the, the speed at which this virus spreads. And the reason that's important is because when everybody gets it all at once at the same time, then the medical community cannot keep up with, um, with all the patients that need care. And they're overwhelmed and they're not able to take care of everybody who needs it. Um, when we flatten the curve, when we slow it down by social distancing, by washing our hands, and now they tell us to wear a mask, not so much to prevent us from catching it, but to prevent us from spreading it because we don't always know if we have it. Some people are asymptomatic or um, for the whole time that they have it, lucky them. Um, and some people are asymptomatic for about two weeks before they start having symptoms. So um, going out in public without a mask on means that you can spread it unintentionally. You don't even know that you have it. So doing these things, staying in your own home, not visiting friends, staying with the people that you are already with, uh, washing your hands every time you go out and you touch surfaces or if you cough into your hand, which you really should be coughing into your elbow at this point, <laughs> um, then you're helping to flatten the curve. Um, so it's slowing it down. So even if the same amount of people catch this virus, it, if they catch it later, um, the healthcare community can take care of them. They're not overwhelmed. They have the equipment that they need. And the medical, um, the scientists are actually working very hard at coming up with cures and even at some point um, a way to prevent it. But, at the, you know, the slower this virus spreads, the more chance that there will be a cure um, for the people who catch it. So it's really important, and we have the ability to do that just by staying home because that's how connected we are. So my choice to stay in the house will affect the little old lady who lives on the other side of town, right? So if you're young and you're strong and healthy and you feel like it's okay if I catch it because I'll be able to fight it off, well, first of all, they're finding that that isn't always the case. But second of all, that's kind of a selfish perspective because if you catch it and you don't know it, then you can spread it and people who are more vulnerable are more likely to catch it and not be able to fight it off. So um, so there's that interconnectedness that, is pretty amazing. Um, and that feeling that we're all in the same boat is is pretty amazing. The fact that we can see people who were our stars to us, that are um, that we only see them when they're glamorous and all dressed up and on the red carpet. Now we're broadcasting from their homes in their bathrobe <laughs> sometimes. And it sort of puts us on the same plane. So so some of the thoughts that I had about this, um, again, when I asked you to check in with how you're doing, um, that's, you know, I think it's really important to realize that if you're feeling unsettled, if you're feeling fearful, if you're feeling anxious, normal. We're all feeling that way. Everybody is having moments, at least, of feeling unsettled because these are unsettling times. We don't know what's going to happen next. And it's okay to feel that. Um, fear is not the enemy. Fear is what helps us to do what we need to do um, to take control of what we have control over. We don't have control over this virus, but we do have control over um, decreasing the odds that we'll catch it or spread it by staying home, washing our hands, and doing all of those things that the experts 
are telling us to do. So fear is a signal. It tells us an instinct that we have to, to do what we need to do to decrease danger. Um, I worry more about people deny the fear and deny that this is even a problem because they're going out about their business um, acting as if nothing is wrong and they're, they're making this spread faster. So fear is, is it's life-saving. Okay, if you are walking down the street and a vicious dog starts running after you, rabid dog with foaming at the mouth and looks like it's going to bite you, if you, you know, fear is your instinct to get inside the first doorway that is open that you can get into. There's a store, you're walking down the street, there's a storefront, get inside, right? You're more likely to get bitten by a, a dog that has rabies. So it's the same sort of thing, okay? Fear is not the enemy. Allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to acknowledge the anxiety. And then the next step is to then be able to settle it down because now that you've done whatever you can possibly do, you have washed your hands, you stay inside, you cover your face, you don't have control over anything else. So now you have to let it go and do what you can do to calm your nervous system because if we're in a constant state of fear, then we're releasing those stress hormones cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline, and that will cause damage to our nervous system and it, uh, you know, our, and to all, almost every organ of our body. Um, you know, it, anxiety, chronic anxiety is linked to heart disease and diabetes even can be triggered by that if we have susceptibility to diabetes, um, gastrointestinal problems headaches, um, mood, mood problems, um, you know, ongoing anxiety, depression, and sleep problems as well. And it lowers our immune system, which is what we need the most at this point. We need our immune system to be able to fight off whatever comes our way, right? There are other things that we want to make sure that we don't catch, So we want to keep our immune system really strong and chronic anxiety will, will decrease our immune system. So I'm going to talk a bit about how we can calm ourselves down once we're, you know, doing whatever we can do that's in our control. Um, Then we need to work at calming ourselves down. And, but as, as I mentioned noticing how we're feeling is really important and that's part of calming ourselves down as well because if we deny that we're feeling anxious then it's very hard to actually calm the anxiety it will come back and bite us in the butt if we don't acknowledge i see you anxiety know it's there we have to know it's there and knowing that we're not alone and that many people are feeling the same way helps because it lets you know that hey this is not a disorder it's you know it's a common reaction to an unsettling situation you know stress and anxiety can be caused by even positive things any change in our environment that um is sudden and we feel like we have difficulty adapting to that change will cause anxiety and stress. So this is certainly one of those um, times where it's constantly changing, right? Every day they're telling us something new that we need to do. Um, So we need to acknowledge that this is normal and it's there and then work on calming it down. So 
one of the ways of calming it down is to remember that you're doing everything that you have control over, keeping up with what your what the latest information is. Um, you know, it's new that we're being told to cover our faces, cover our mouths and nose noses when we go out in public. Um, so you know, keep up with that, and then just do it right? Wash your hands, all those things. And then remind yourself that you're doing everything that you're, that you can do. And we have to surrender the rest because there's no, there's never a guarantee in life. There's never a guarantee that, you know, we're crossing the street and we're not going to get hit by a car, right? There's, we have to give up control. We have to give up, we have to surrender control and um, and focus on what we're able to do and let the rest just take its course. And then there are some specific things that we can do to calm our nervous system. So when we're anxious, as I mentioned, we release those stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline. Um, that's called fight or flight. And now they call it fight, flight, or freeze, right, where you just get paralyzed um, when you're in fear. When you are in that fight, flight, or freeze, the stress reaction, in addition to having those stress hormones being released, your heart is racing, you, you might notice that your breath becomes more shallow and much faster, um, you might sweat, um, you might notice that your stomach is not not you're not hungry your stomach is not digesting food um, you might feel muscle tension even to the point of getting a headache or a backache um, so that is um, an intense stress reaction but we actually can um, cause our body to go into the biological opposite of the stress reaction, which is the relaxation response. Um, the re- during the relaxation response, it's not possible to feel the stress response because it is biologically opposite. So rather than our heart racing, our, our heart rate actually, rather than perspiring, we stop perspiring. Um, our our stomach will start digesting food again. Our muscles will start to relax, and our breathing will become deeper and slower. So we don't have direct control over our our stomach. Um, We don't have direct control over our heart rate. We don't have direct control over our blood pressure, which is also affected. Um, But we do have direct control over our breathing, so that is the quickest way to bring to trigger the relaxation response. We can focus on taking slow, deep breaths. Okay, so uh, a good breathing technique that helps to quickly um, trigger the relaxation response is to breathe in to the count of five. So very slowly breathe in on the inhalation and then hold it for a second and then breathe out for an even longer time. So breathe out like to the count of seven. And then do that three times. And that has the effect of resetting the parasympathetic nervous system and your heart rate will slow down. Your stomach will start to relax. Your blood pressure will start to go down. So that's something that you can do every time you notice that you're feeling anxious or just make it a point to do that several times during the day. You can set um, alerts for yourself. Every time your alarm rings, you do it. Or every time your phone rings or someone sends you a text message, that that can be your alert. Um, Something that you know is going to happen regularly, and you can use that as an alert to do those three breaths. It's also really helpful to start a meditation practice. So 
you know, I talk about this a lot on the program, and I kept promising myself that I was going to be more um, consistent myself about meditating, but I always became too busy. Um, I would keep putting it off. Oh, I'll meditate later. I have work I have to do. I would come home from work, I would eat. I would get too sleepy. Um, I'd have some paperwork I have to do. But now I'm home. <laughs> I am home 24-7, and many of you out there are home 24-7. So this is a great time to start a meditation practice. We're being forced to be in stillness right now. And for many people, that's very anxiety-provoking. This is a really good time to actually use that, that stillness that's forced on us to meditate and to purposely go into stillness. So there are many um, free meditation um, videos. If you go to YouTube and just put in meditation, um, mindfulness meditation that I find to be the most effective. I really like mindfulness meditation. So John Kabat-Zinn um, K-A-B-A-T hyphen Z-I-N-N. He's got some great videos. You can also go to um, thesoulsjourney.com, and that is Dr. Lawrence Edwards, and he was on my program, and I've taken a meditation class with him in person, and he also gives live meditation classes um, through Zoom. And he has some pre-recorded meditations on his website, The Soul's Journey. And that those are um, shorter meditations. You, if you go to YouTube, you can find all different lengths. You can find five minutes to 45 minutes. And so you can sort of work your way up as you get better at it. Um, and they teach you all sorts of meditation, like walking meditation and eating meditation, as well as sitting meditation and focusing on your breath or focusing on a mantra. So a mantra sound or a word that you say over and over again, and it doesn't have to mean anything. So in fact, um, I prefer to use a mantra that doesn't have any sort of emotional connection to it. Because once you have an emotional connection to the word, it causes you to start thinking about it. And the whole idea is to bring yourself back to this word or your breath without, ha- you know, and noticing your thoughts and letting them go, not getting hooked in by a thought. So a word might be the word one, because that usually doesn't have an emotional connection to it, or it might be a word a lot of the mantras that are used by various meditation teachers are in Sanskrit so since we don't really know the meaning of those words they they work Um, and they have a beautiful sound to them and so we can just focus on this this word that doesn't really mean that much to us and enjoy the sound of it enjoy saying it and focus on our breathing And when you're um, using mindfulness meditation, you're you're not stopping your thoughts. Like that's just not possible to make your mind go blank. Mindfulness means that you're noticing, you're mindful of what you're thinking. You're sort of standing back and watching, and you're noticing, oh, that's a thought about what's happening in the world, or that's a thought about my health, or that's a thought about work, um, that's a thought about what I'm going to eat for dinner. And when you label it, you are less likely to get hooked into it, and then you can tell yourself, I'm going to think about that later. And you can just let it go like um, a cloud floating by and bring yourself back to the breath or the word that you're thinking about. And the effect of mindfulness meditation or any other type of meditation is not just that it, that it um, decreases your anxiety during that time, but it actually changes your brain. So over a period of time of doing this, 
your brain will actually change. So neuropsychologists refer to the human brain as having neuroplasticity, which means that it is flexible and we can create new um, uh, connections in our brain and we can let connections, habitual thinking sort of uh, go away. And um, so we have the ability to change our brain with meditation. And the way that it changes our brain is that the part of our brain that has to do with focus and concentration will um, grow new neurons. So we can be more focused. We can be we can concentrate more on whatever it is that we want to concentrate on. And we also change the part of our brain that has to do with our mood and our ability to handle um, stressful situations. It actually increases our resilience to stress, whether it's this stress that's going on right now or when you go back to work, um, dealing with relationships, dealing with traffic, all of that, um, we will be more resilient at handling those stressors if we have a practice of calming down our nervous system and focusing on our breath. It's as easy as that. Um, getting out in nature, you know, we're, we're asked not to get out around people, but we can certainly take a walk outside where there aren't any people or if you have a backyard to get out into the backyard. Um, that really helps in calming down your nervous system and it helps to realize that, you know, life does go on. You know, I'm looking out right now and the birds are playing with each other. Um, and that just helps you to realize this isn't the end of the world. This is just something that we're going through. We're going to get through it and we will get to the other side. So the other part of this that I wanted to talk about is, and I was asked to speak about this by the producer because it's a really important part of this, and that is listening to the experts. You really want to uh, feel that you're doing everything that is known at this moment that you can do then listening to the experts, listening to the scientists and the medical doctors, those are the people who are going to tell you what to do to stay safe and to keep your community safe and to keep your family safe and to keep the world safe. Um, they are constantly um, watching this virus and learning every day. So if you, I, I really suggest another part of not getting overly stressed is not listening to the news all day long. That will just stress you out. But I do recommend checking in every day um, just for a little while to see what the experts have learned and what they are recommending that we do. So who are the experts? The experts are, well, number one expert in the United States is the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. They are watching this constantly and they know what we need to do as much. They will tell us what we need to do as much as they know every day, as much as any scientist knows. So listen to the medical doctors. Listen to the people who are right there reading the research or even doing the research, telling us what we need to do. Um, there's a lot of rumors that get, are started on uh, social media about what we need to do and what the dangers are. True. Okay. Um, and they can cause us more harm and they can also cause us more stress because they're telling us false information, um, they're scaring us uh, about things that are not true, and they're also telling us things that are um, 
that are false about how to stay safe that can cause us to be unsafe. So don't get hooked into the rumors on social media. Um, I also recommend not listening really, you know, to, to people who are in political positions because they're not the doctors. They're not the experts. We really need to listen to the doctors. Even if it's your favorite political person, your favorite politician, um, politicians are experts on politics. They're not on medicine. And right now this is a medical issue. So listen to medical doctors. Okay. And I'm giving you advice as a, um, an expert on mental health. (laughs) So I really suggest that you don't listen to people who are telling you not to feel any fear and everything is fine. Everything is don't, don't listen to it. Just go out and have a good time because otherwise you're going to feed the fear. Um, don't listen to them. Listen to mental health professionals who are saying, yeah, you know what? Fear is a signal. It tells us what we need to do, what, how we need to, that we need to listen to experts um, who know how we can stay safe. And then we need to let it go knowing that we did whatever we could do at that moment. Tomorrow they may tell us something new, and then we need to change our behavior and do that. And that's why meditating and finding ways to relax is really important because, as I said, stress is caused by change, and this is a constantly changing situation. So we need to remain resilient to change. Um, by finding ways to relax, and also by reaching out to other people. We may not be able to see them physically, but we can see them on the Internet. There, uh, A lot of people are having Zoom parties and um, speaking to each other on FaceTime or Skype or just call on the telephone. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't, forgot what telephones are for, but we can actually call a person and hear their voice, um, and that's really powerful. So call people, connect with them, and don't feel so alone. Also check on those people who are by themselves or who you, who you know might be a little nervous or anxious. Give them a call. Check on them. Let them know that you're thinking about them, that we're all in this, you know, um, and I do want to say if you yourself are sick or you, you have family members or friends who are sick, then, um, you know, we're all thinking about you. We're all thinking about you and you're not alone, even if you have to be isolated and quarantined. And we're all thinking about you. And, um, and we, we really, really want you to get better. And, um, all right, so what can we learn from this going forward? Okay, um, as I said, we will get through this. This this pandemic will, you know, viruses die once we stop spreading them. They need to have human-to-human contact in order for them to keep going. And um, when they stay only within a, one particular human, they either the virus either dies or eventually if that person is really sick, they're not able to host that virus anymore either because they're not going to be able to withstand it, right, unfortunately. So we don't want people to get sick. Um, but the virus is not going to continue unless it's spread to another person. So eventually, if we all do the right thing, this virus is going to die and we'll, we're going to go back out in the world. We're going to be around people again. We're going to get back to work. Um, we're going to get back to being busy. And now that we've had this time in stillness, are there things that you have learned in your own life that you would like 
to have go differently? Or are you just going to go back to business as usual when you get out into the world? Um, Have you noticed that you used to worry about and make a big deal about and really stress yourself out about that aren't really that important? Considering, do you want to get back to that very superficial way of thinking again where you're worrying about things that aren't really that important? Or do you want to really focus on what you value? I think this is a really good time when we're in stillness, when we're kind of by ourselves, when we can see who we really are and what is it that is really important to us, what is it that we really value in life, and even um, what is it that we really want to do? Do you want to make a change? Do you want to follow Your passion, is there something you're really passionate about that you put aside? This would be a good time to start working on the steps that you need to take, preliminary steps that you can do at home before going out and actually doing it. Um, I think it's a time to... Think about what changes you want to make in terms of your own um, care for yourself. That maybe if you get into this habit of meditating while you're in stillness, that you realize that you are going to continue that when you go back out in the world. Because after all, um, if it made you resilient through this, then it'll make you resilient through anything that you face, any of the stresses out in the world that you're going to face in the future. Um, Are there hobbies that you've discovered in your boredom (laughs) that you decide that you really enjoy, that you want to continue? Why not make that time to continue it when you you get back into the world? No, things are going to change in the way that we work. Um, How how do you like the change? Um, Do you like doing work virtually? Are there things that you want to change in terms of your own work life and career? And now that you're separated from people that you really miss, um, are you going to make that relationship more, those relationships more valuable when you're able to see those people? And now the bigger question that I have is how this will, how we will change how we behave in the world. So I think that this situation really shows us our ability or inability to feel compassion for other people. If we um, are only thinking about ourselves, then we're more likely to go out when we shouldn't be going out and be around people when we shouldn't be because, hey, I, I'm going to be fine so I don't really care how it affects anybody else. Or we're going to go out and we're going to hoard a bunch of toilet paper <laughs> and other things that we don't really need, um, but it keeps other people from being able to buy those things when they need it. Um, you know, there have been... Um, posts on on social media about how um, try to avoid buying buying goods that have buying foods that have underneath them um, this WIC W I C which means that um, those are the foods that people who are on um, programs to help them to buy food. Those are the foods that they're allowed to buy through that program with like food stamps or or WIC. Um, If we hoard all of those things, then those people who really can only buy those things will not be able to buy them. Maybe we can buy a different brand that doesn't have that underneath. So starting to think about how our behavior affects other people and having compassion for other people is really important and 
are we going to continue that once we get out into the world? Are we going to be more compassionate? Are we going to let that person pass us on the road? Um, are we going to let somebody in front of us in line who who looks like they need to to move a little faster? Are we going to help someone that we see carrying too much? Um, are we going to care about the health of other people who we don't even know, who don't even look like the us? Are we going to care about the health of people who speak a different language, who come from a different place, but are more vulnerable perhaps? And, um, you know, by doing what we're doing now, staying in, we're helping those people. And do we want to continue that and go out into the world as a more compassionate person and more mindful of other people and their needs. It's not all about us. So it's interesting because, um, you know, when I was getting ready to come on the air, I noticed a book that that I had bought recently that I haven't had a chance to read completely and it was sitting here in in this room, this guest room where I'm broadcasting from. And I just opened to the middle of the book and it was about this very thing, about um, the chapter is contemplate the interdependent nature of reality. And it talks about um, how we are all interdependent with each other. And the name of the book is called Radically Happy, A User's Guide to the Mind by Daniel, no, um, Barchak Rinpoche and Eric Solomon. Daniel Goleman wrote the forward. And this chapter talks about when we are in a very distressing situation and rather than focusing on ourselves, we're focusing on helping other people, we can actually feel moments of joy even in the distressing situation. And, you know, um, I've spoken and I've written about um, the book Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Viktor Frankl, and I wouldn't say that people felt joyful, but certainly going way overboard, but he wrote about his time in, in concentration camps during the Holocaust and found that the people who helped other people, even in that most horrible of situations, um, they were the ones who did the best when when the camps were liberated, that they went on to have happier lives than those who had been more selfish and only took care of themselves. So he found that and meaning by helping other people, and it built resilience. That was another way of creating resilience. So in this chapter of this book, one of the authors talks about um, an earthquake in Nepal in 2015, and he was there during the earthquake. And he said that strength, I'll I'll just read what he said. Strangely, when I think back to that time, while I do remember the suffering, the most vivid memories are quite different. I remember little things. I remember my wife's sense of humor, the way she teased me about how much better organized the uh, the nearby monastery was than ours, especially when they came around first thing in the morning to offer hot tea for everyone camped outside. I remember the faces of the villagers when we handed them tarps to sleep under and to shelter them from the rain. I remember how kind and considerate our group of monks and nuns were. This is a Buddhist monk. Um, Not only to to all of the people who, people we help, but toward each other. But mostly I remember the quiet satisfaction that came from being part of a team that was making at least a small dent in the devastation. It wasn't an easy time. There was sadness and heartbreak, frustration and despair, but there was always something positive that needed to be done, that could be done, and really no time to dwell on anything else. 
Um, all of Nepal, it seems, was connected, depending on one another just to make it through another day. When I look back now on that time, although I was surrounded by tragedy, it was also a time of joy. There was a lot of satisfaction to be had just by being able to provide for those in great need. So I think it's really, it would be a really good idea if you're not doing this already to think about how you can help other people right now, how you can serve. So obviously you can't go to people's houses and that sort of thing, but you can call people who you know might be lonely or having a hard time. You, if you have supplies that somebody else can't get a hold of, you can, you can drop them off at their front door. Um, you don't have to visit with them. You can just drop them at the door. And um, you can, if you have a talent, if you're a musician, you can get on um, Facebook and you can live stream your music for free. If, you have, if you're working and you have the money, you can help a musician who's live streaming and you can donate knowing that that musician is not being paid right now because they don't have any gigs. You can donate money if you're working and you have the money um, to all sorts of um, organizations right now that are helping people. A lot of people are out of work and they don't have the money um, to buy the things that they need. You can help in that way. If you're a writer, you can write some uplifting blogs. Um, There are all sorts of ways that you can be of service to other people. You can call someone and just be a shoulder for them to lean on virtually. And When you do that, when you give, when you serve, during a time when everybody's having a hard time, it doesn't just help the people that that you're serving. It helps you to bring purpose and meaning and joy into your own life. And that spreads. It has a ripple effect because the person you're helping now feels that they're not alone, and they'll do the same thing, perhaps. And maybe people who hear about it will be excited and want to do the same thing. So, you know, we're not alone. We're very dependent right now on each other, even though we're not next to each other. And we can really turn the situation around to we have the opportunity right now to make this a much more compassionate world that we live in. We're we're really sort of standing still right now and hitting the reset button. And when we come out of this, we can decide and we want to go in. Do we want to go down that path we were going down before where everybody was angry at each other? Or do we want to feel thankful and joyful for all the people around us and want to help them and create something beautiful together? So I think that that's it for this evening. Again, listen to the experts. Every day they have something new to teach us so that we can be safe. Um, Stay home so that you can keep the community safe, you can keep yourself and your family safe, and you can help the healthcare workers who are so overwhelmed right now and really are begging us to stay home so that we don't give them any more work to do because they can't handle anything more than they already have. And they're putting, they are the ones on the front line right now, the healthcare workers. They are the heroes, as are the people who are working in the grocery stores and the pharmacies and all of those, um, the post office, mailboxes, all those penned on to, to keep ourselves going. And let's 
really help them by not overwhelming them and not putting them in dangerous situation where they can also get sick. So stay home, stay well, and next week we, we're going to be back with another um, – we're going to be back to a to one of our normal shows where we're going to have a guest and we're going to have speaker, coach, consultant, author of the book Manifesting for Non-Gurus, creator of the Excellent Decisions Leadership Program and host of the podcast Excellent Decisions Wisdom Series, Robert McPhee. So join us next week, and it it is Easter Sunday, but we're actually doing a show on Easter Sunday. And again, if you want to hear tonight's program, again, you can go to my website, um, drmaricarpel.com, and you'll be able to hear the podcast there, or you can go directly to blog talk radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash golden years, and you can hear the podcast there. Or you can go to Apple Podcasts. And again, the link to my page on Apple Podcasts is on my website on the link to this show. And if you want to find out more about what's happening uh, um, coming up, if you want to know when any of those interviews that I did um, go live, um, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And I also started a new Facebook group to help people support each other and help we, we're all in this together to help us all support each other. And it's called, um, let me find the exact, we are, all, we are all in this together. And you can find the link to that Facebook page on my other Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And it'll be at the top of the page and you can link on that and ask to be in this private group. And we're going to do a Zoom group um, where several people will join together. Um, we're figuring out a time that most people can make it, and you're welcome to join us and uh, where we can all sort of talk to each other and see each other's faces. And so just hop on to my, to my Facebook group page and, um, and sign up. And this show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist Dr. Ronald DeVere and by Storyhouse. And thank you to Art for making the show run. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night. Stay safe. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone.
Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Thank you.